mature student. We met on a website for clever people. I lied about my IQ and Sue Whitstable lied about her age. We went for long walks together on Hampstead Heath and during those warm summer strolls Sue Whitstable taught me all about Western philosophy even though I didn't really want to know about Western philosophy. When I met Sue she was wearing a t-shirt which said Wittgenstein true or false. I said I thought that was very witty, so Sue thought I was clever. The next time I saw her, she bought me a t-shirt which said exactly the same thing. There is nothing worse than a couple who wear matching clothes, so I pretended to lose it. I said the washing machine had eaten it. It was many months before I plucked up the courage to ask Sue what the t-shirt actually meant. She asked why I had called it witty if I didn't know what it meant, and I made up some lie about seeing a documentary about Wittgenstein on BBC4. In case you're wondering, Wittgenstein was an Austrian philosopher who held the professorship in philosophy at Cambridge in the 30s and 40s. He landed the post because they were looking for someone with a German accent. In the 1930s, all scientists and philosophers had to have German accents. It was compulsory. Had Einstein come from Bristol, his theories are extremely unlikely to have been taken quite so seriously. Wittgenstein invented something called logical positivism, which is the most difficult discipline of philosophy to say when you're pissed. Logical positivism looked at things and labelled them either true, false or meaningless. There's never been a TV game show called True, False or Meaningless, but there should be. It could fill thousands of hours of daytime television and be presented by Hugh Dennis. The opening sequence could go like this. Hugh Dennis is smug, true. Hugh Dennis is funny, false. Hugh Dennis is a fish, meaningless. Wittgenstein never devised a game show. If he had, I'd have known what that t-shirt meant right from the word go, because I am what is known as a philistine. Basically, I only know things if they're on TV. If philosophers appeared regularly in X Factor or Big Brother, I would by now have an honorary degree. Had Wittgenstein ever taken part in Strictly Come Dancing, I would be lecturing about it at Cambridge, but I am a philistine. I'd rather see We Will Rock You than the latest Sondheim at the Coliseum. I prefer a prawn cocktail to lightly boiled quail's eggs on asparagus. And I only go and see the Royal Philharmonic Orchestra if they are playing the music from Star Wars. It took Sue Whitstable quite a while to realise that I was a philistine. I think it was when she made Beef Wellington and I asked her to pass the reggae reggae sauce. Philosophy? is not really for Philistines, but somehow I have accidentally gatecrashed the party, wearing hobnail boots and a t-shirt that says Hugh Dennis is a fish. So, having lured me into at least being slightly interested in philosophy, Sue shared with me a very interesting theory, a theory that has messed with my head ever since. It is the theory that something will always be more stable than nothing.
This is apparently because in mathematical terms there's only one way for there to be nothing, whereas there are an infinite number of ways for there to be something. Now, I know that's a pretty big thing for you to get your head around, so if I may, I'm going to dumb that down for you. That doesn't imply that I think you are dumb, it just makes this whole thing a bit more accessible and I might sell some more books. Sue Whitstable always dumbed things down for me, but I think she did it because she genuinely thought I was a complete idiot. So, there's only one way for there to be nothing, but an infinite number of ways for there to be something. Take toast, for example. There's only one way for there to be no toast. Meanwhile, there are hundreds of ways for there to be toast. French toast, Melba toast, cheese on toast, burnt toast, toast that is only toasted on one side, toast that is toasted on both sides.